Welcome to the 52nd edition of Make Pro Wrestling Majestic Again. I am Tiger Height. And I am Peanut Gallery. And so this is going to be an interesting topic. We did not make this up on the fly. We actually have a list. And we're talking about AEW and specifically the honeymoon phase. Yep. Is it over? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show guy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> So we're going to present it. I'm, you know, let's start off with Peanut Gallery. So Peanut Gallery, did you want to take it from here? Yes. So um, in in identifying whether or not the honeymoon phase is over, uh, there are a couple of different things I think that we have to kind of look at when we're looking at whether or not kind of their little honeymoon is over. Um, And uh, and I've kind of gone over and kind of seen, you know, what the trend was doing and, and all that, that sort of thing. Um, you know, we're looking at everything from the signings to TV deals to uh, to um, uh, like viewership numbers, that sort of thing, and and just kind of what the trajectory of the brand is going forward, and a lot of it has to do with with the way also the fans are reacting to the product as well. Mm-hmm. And, of course, each brand has their diehard fans who are just their brand loyal fans, that sort of thing. But, um, you know, looking at it from a uh, looking at it from the perspective of a a novice or not necessarily a novice, but someone who who mm-hmm. enjoys the product maybe in a different way than someone who is a fanatic. We, we are not fans of a brand. We're fans of the sport. Of or, professional, or I guess wrestling. the the art, the, the art of it, right? Right. We it's we not can really a sport. right. <laughs> we can we can look at each company and find positives and negatives, and we try to stay as bipartisan as mentally possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that people are starting. I think people understand that AEW did have a honeymoon period. I think there was a lot of a lot of hype. Uh, towards the product, there was a lot of new things going on with the product, and they delivered on a lot of those things. But it's a little bit different now that the pandemic is over, now that we're able to have some sense of normalcy in terms of television ratings, in terms of in terms of having arenas at full capacity. You know, we kind of we kind of had uh, exited that that period of. Of innovation that we saw during the pandemic, um, and that happened right as AEW was going to be going into its into its its normal phase, its non honeymoon phase. And I think that you know, again, the pandemic really brought out the creativity in every wrestling company, not just AEW, but every wrestling company had to go through some sort of, you know, some sort of a. Uh, uh, I guess a uh, phase of innovation in order to compete in, in such a market. But now that now that things are back to normal, we we are now seeing the signs that AEW is no longer in its honeymoon phase, and there are a couple of identifying factors that play into that. The first one being just a general lack of excitement over debuts, um, and AEW has. We talked about this on multiple occasions where AEW's roster is too bloated. And now they're actually starting to release stars instead of just sign and sign and sign. That's the first sign in, in my view, that the honeymoon phase is over. That we are now seeing a more level 
trajectory of the number of people in their roster. Right. It's no longer just going up. I think it's going to remain flat or increase little by little. You but, do not want the gimmick of the company to be signing big names. Yeah, because and that I, was that was part of the that's part of every single wrestling company's honeymoon phase is signing a lot of stars. Because you're the startup company you want to be successful. You want to sign the big names. Here's, here, that's, that's just how it works. Here's how WWE did it different, though. They poached some of the biggest talents back in the 70s when yeah. uh, Vince McMahon then, Jr., but the thing was is that they did not make a big deal out of it. They signed them, and they did what they were supposed to do. It wasn't the actual signing. Well, it, it was... was it was it's, it was different back then. It was very different. Now, we're it talking was. we're talking about eighty but, years but, difference. But yeah, well, but, AD, but WWE had that honeymoon phase where they were signing a lot of big stars. They did when they when they yeah, but but it, but that wasn't the that wasn't the gimmick. No. That wasn't the gimmick of well, the brand. Again, way different era. Mm. But I'm just going through identifying points. The identifying point that I see that AEW is slowing down in terms of its honeymoon phase is the fact that they're no longer signing as many stars as they used to. And now it's becoming level as far as the number of people on the roster goes. Right. And I've noticed that quite a bit in recent months. The second one is more involvement from... Management in terms of it's starting. That's starting to get. That smells yeah. desperation to me. That's starting yeah. to smell desperation. So now the hype is no longer around. The, they're trying to keep the honeymoon phase. Is what I think I'm trying to get at by doing major announcement, major announcement, by doing everything that they possibly can in order to maintain the audience like us. That is now like okay, this is kind of getting boring. Right. This kind of getting same e sort of thing. Right. And so with that with that lack of I guess that lack of appeal from people who are novices, people who don't watch it on a regular basis. Well, all of these big announcements <laughs> is just to get someone talking about it. Right. You know, it's it's not even about oh there's a legitimate major announcement. It's just it it, it again it screams of desperation. Um, so that's another identifying feature is just that over-reliance on what is the major announcement. A major, a major thing. I mean, when you have a wrestling show, shouldn't the product speak for itself, essentially? Yes. We don't have to have this all the time. ECW did it, and ECW failed. WWE doesn't do that a whole lot because that means that these major announcements, these big surprises, when the lights go out, it's not going to be as it's, special. Right, it's not as special. Because they do it on a weekly basis. And you don't have to have that. If that is the gimmick for I don't know why they I don't know why this conversation had to happen now. Um, so they are over reliant on it. Right. And if they don't have it, I think they're worried that people are going to lose interest. interest. But the problem is the problem is is that that's not the case. Right. The case is, is that you have the roster, you have the talent and you have already people's interest. Just put on a good wrestling show without having like a big debut or a major right. announcement or a blah blah blah. It's not necessary. Right. Right. And and so you know we we're we're starting to see again that the product is is kind of 
going downhill when they have to kind of make up for it. They have to extend that honeymoon phase by doing a big announcement, by doing a big debut. The whole formula just gets tiring after a while. It becomes something that is so regular that it doesn't feel special. Right. And it, and, and in some ways, it doesn't. And I agree with you that it, AEW is starting to become too reliant on it. And that's not what it's, that's not what's supposed to right. happen. And that's kind of where they're going to get hurt. Yep. If they, if they think that they have to do this every week, we're right. having, we're going to have a problem here. Yeah. And I think that they're going to start to experience the pains of actually trying to compete um, yep. without... You the, know, again, the, sh the shiny new toy has the, some wear right, on it now. Right. So, you know, when, when it comes to that, they're, they're not really... They don't really know how to play the long game. Right. When it comes to it. And we should also then talk about some of these new stars that are coming in on the scene as well. A big, a, a major example of what I've seen trending is Wheeler Yuta. Um, and there are fans who are just like worshiping him at his feet. I like Wheeler Yuta. I really do. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm a person who, I am a fan, but there are people who are like, this is the future. But they said that about Hook. And right. Hook hasn't been on TV right. in a major capacity for almost two through two three months right he's gonna have his dynamite debut but he's only had a handful of matches right and wheeler yuda has definitely exceeded expectations and i'm glad that they're doing this but i think wheeler yuda is an example of what aew i think is now going to start missing yes and that is the newer talent they're building wheeler fine and this stuff takes time but i'm just concerned that they're just gonna bloat the roster with the Older, more established stars mm -hmm. without thinking about your Wheeler Yudas and Hooks, and they're going to get pushed off. Right. In the lack of a better word, you right. know. Right. Wheeler Yuda Wheeler is not the Wheeler Yuda's not the example. He's the exception to the right. rule. But Wheeler Yuda is a perfect right. example. And another of this. thing, again, that we're seeing is that they are starting to again with with the roster already built. There aren't any more major stars to sign, essentially. Don't do the major star signing. Right. There, there, there There's not now, necessary right, now. <laughs> there, there was an abundance of it, especially in 2020 and 2021 when oh. WWE was getting rid of a lot of these wrestlers. Yes, yeah. Oh, exactly. And that provided an ample opportunity for a company like AEW to kind of pick up on that, to pick up those stars that were on TV, those major stars in many cases as well. And now that that phase is over, the business has to adapt accordingly. And I don't know that AEW knows how to adapt. This guy needs to get off of social media. <laughs> how he needs to get, how, how it, it needs to adapt to now build up younger stars. But I just don't know that. AEW has that infrastructure in place like WWE does. Right. Well, it, now keep in mind of like the time that these companies have been in existence. Right. WWE has been around for a very long time. They had the opportunity to establish that system. AEW, we're going to start seeing the growing pains phase. 
uh, overall. But this guy, Tony Khan, bless his soul, and he seems like a chill dude, but he he cannot be on social media. And see, that's another thing that we're starting to see looks, as well. He looks, he looks completely unhinged. Is, is now we're starting to see pushback whenever, whenever there's some sort of criticism of AEW because now people are starting to speak up about – some of the criticisms. Well, something that, that we've been another, doing for fucking months. Well, and that's another sign, though, that AEW's honeymoon phase is over. Yes. We didn't want to say anything bad about wrestling companies, about new wrestling companies. We never want to say anything bad about it. It's the new shiny, it's the shiny new toy. It's the new thing on the block. It's kind of like the NWO when it first came out. It was like this huge, magnificent thing, and then you stretch it out over three years, and then all of a sudden... They they, 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 they overbloated it. They gave right. them too much power, but those are different circumstances. Right, right now, but, but pushing, pushing back on legitimate criticisms, the way that Tony Khan has been doing is not the correct move, especially right now. You could have gotten away with that like maybe in the earlier days of social media, but nowadays you look like a psychopath. Right. But let's talk about this too, because I think um, there was a very important point that Vince McMahon brought up when he did his interview with Pat McAfee, and he said that he doesn't listen to the you know he just like the, he doesn't listen to the fans on the internet. You know, the fans yeah. on the internet are just whatever. You know, People can say whatever they want about Mr. McMahon. He's a very smart man. And he's, right. you know, and he's just going to do business the way that he has always done business. Because it's clearly been working. Right. Like, that's the other thing. It's clearly working. Right. Why would – don't break the wheel. Or don't don't fix the wheel. Right. And, and what Tony Khan is failing to understand is that you shouldn't you, – you can't listen to the – you can't listen to the fans. Now, the fans some... are going to have all of these ideas, but you can't just do those ideas. And don't blame the fans for a certain thing. Right. We as a collective, I mean, you and I, we're a much different breed of fan. Like, we right. we can look at each thing and say good and bad things, and I think that's why our show is very important, to just the general collective. Right. That we are very non-biased, and right. we will call it out, but Tony Khan, I'm sorry, when you're sitting there saying that bots are the re reason for downward ratings, when you blame them for, when you blame the fans for the debut of, um, of Sadim Singh, or whatever his name was, going over like a wet fart in church, that's not anybody's fault but yours, right. and you're like, oh, I have people with 30 years experience around me, and we listen to you guys, that's that does not look good for you no. because that's not good PR. And just admit that you right. made the mistake of it and then continue right. with the rivalry. I like I liked what happened after. Right. But when you do the lights out, lights on, the you already gave the fans an expectation right. of a big debut. Right. If he came out like the great Khali did in 2007, like, who the hell is this monster guy? Right. People would actually probably have perceived it differently. Right. But you so, didn't do that. So, you know, another thing, and, and this guy goes back around to my point about how AEW is kind of losing that, that honeymoon phase, how that honeymoon phase is over, and that is because the criticisms have started to increase. Right. And we've seen that, and um, you and I have criticized mm -hmm. AEW, but at the beginning we were not quick to criticize because they were new, they were the they the were new. the shiny object. But, but now that they're more established, 
you are going to start to see yeah but we don't we don't we don't do that i've never done that and i never will even if it's the shiny new toy if something is good you're going to hear it from me if it's something bad and have you noticed that we've said a lot more good things about earlier pay-per-views and we yeah and that's and that's the other thing we're we're starting to see those cracks in the system overall cracks in the facade now the wrestling is still good but it's like you know the older pay-per-view was better and i think overall just structurally it was and i'm gonna bring up a really big point in my part regarding that yeah and and it's only a prediction right and and even and you know, I might actually say something good about uh, Dave Meltzer here for once. But one of the things is that even even someone like Dave Meltzer isn't like giving as many five star matches, for example. Right. He's not. He's not. He's not sitting there he's, sucking the teat anymore. He, because well, he's sucking the teat in a different way. But he's not giving away five star matches like he did in, in years past with with these. And, and right. I think that you know. And and again. Dave Meltzer is who he is, but he knows a thing or two about wrestling. So. Oh yeah, so let's let's talk about this because this is a big point of contention that I even wanted to talk yeah, about when I when I saw this. Right. I it was originally going to be in my part about yeah. this. And and here's my last point, and and my last point is the very real possibility that fans who are actually fans are now starting to turn on AEW yep. for certain things. This creative difference. Even even for those diehard fans, shows me that the honeymoon phase is over for AEW. This is this is a desperation rivalry when you have to take something that was very not good on social media and put it in the limelight to get publicity. It, this is not the publicity that you want nowadays. And in the in the 90s, you could get away with this, but you can't do it now, especially with the relationship and how it came here. I'm sorry. They know they cheated. We know they cheated. It's obvious. But when you put them on TV and you start to when you start to blank out the crowd because they're booing so much when these two are on screen, this is a problem not for just them, but for the product in general. They're trying to they're trying to manufacture crowd reactions now. WWE has done that forever forever but we know this and wwe does not put controversy in front of your face like this this does not happen with a business right they did they did in the past you can't pull this off like edge lita and matt hardy anymore you can't do that right but so so again you know the point i wanted to try and bring up is that there's legitimate pushback even from the most diehard fans who are willing to spend money to Look at the comments to to, uh, to to watch the product live. They're Even, spending money, yep, and they're criticizing this product. This is not what they want to see. Right? They do not want to see this weird shit. They want to see good wrestling. That's it. And and so are they failing? The and for me. For me, it's like, you know, you want a crowd to go. You want a crowd to be excited. Right. You, you want the crowd the, to the unfortunate the, the, the unfortunate part, the whole thing with Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky. Sammy Guevara won the title back, by the way. I know. But 
the whole antithesis of this rivalry muddied up what could have been a very good rivalry. Right, because and, they were they were being portrayed as baby faces because obviously Dan Lambert's a top heel. Right, and How, however, the crowd reaction is way different than than it it, what it, it bounced it, it turned around where now Dan Lambert is pointing out stuff that's obvious. Right, and he's starting to become a baby face. Now there is talks that they're turning heel, which is whatever, but. It, it hurt this so much, yeah. and now we're going to start to see creative issues, yep. and let's throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. We need— We're going to start to see that face. Yep. I, I don't know what—you know, I— I, 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 kind don't, of, I don't— I kind of understood their long-term booking at first, but I think that they're kind of nearing the end of that, and yep. now they have to— they're scram- they're, this is a scramble. They're, they're scrambling to figure out what to do with this. Right. And it's not just this rivalry as an no. example. Uh, Hangman Page and Adam Cole had a great match uh, Good Friday uh, at Rampage, right? But now the issue is, who is going after Hangman now? The rivalry is over. If they continue that rivalry, that's a WWE thing. Right. And it's like, okay, you have a Texas death match. That's the end of the rivalry. It was a clean victory. Like that's it, right? And and you know here's and, and again they're they're trying to establish now they have they have this huge roster, but now I think it's time to establish a more clear hierarchy of wrestlers. There's really not that. There's not a hierarchy of competitors. There's not a hierarchy of where people need to be. Right. They just they just threw shit at the wall and saw what stuck. They're. Yep. There is, oh, your, your green screen is, oh, like, wanting to have an issue. Yeah, there, there is no, um, I guess, I, I guess I guess my point is that there, there is no, it doesn't seem like there's a direction going forward. There's really not. I, I actually have to agree with you on that 100%. I, I feel like AEW right now, in every facet, is directionless. I think you're, the women's, yeah. The women's division is weak as shit, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, I love Thunder Rosa, but who is she going to face now? Right. There's nobody who she can face. The tag team division is their strongest division. And even and even then, that's always it's, it's a mess. I mean, it's not a mess. I actually think it's the most balanced and direct um, actual thing. The TNT champion thing was muddied by this. And then with the world title thing, it was there. But it's like, who now? There's, there's just no there's There is no singles competitor that I can point at and say that's next Number one contender. Yeah, the they, they, they they never planned that. Is right. like Adam Cole was the obvious one. Yes, and they did that. And now it's over. Right. Who now? Right. Are you gonna put in Hook, Donhausen? Who are you gonna put in there? Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's not anybody that has established. They threw Lance Archer at it, and Lance Archer did not take with the crowd because guess what? They just gave him a title match. Right. We don't want somebody to be given a title match. Right. Have them earn the title match. Right. So I think I think at the end of the day, now now that the cracks are starting to appear, I think that casual fans or, or fans that are not those diehard, you know, defend AEW at every possible opportunity right. are just gonna start losing interest mm-hmm. in the products. I think we've seen that with the television ratings going down. I actually, think, no, they, they they went up last week. Actually, no, they, they're, they're, they're 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 fairly steady they're trending, on the higher six. They're they're trending downwards. Yeah, I, kind of, I kind of wish trended you trended downwards over the last year. I kind of wish you gave a um, 
like one of those statistical things. Yeah, but I, I, I didn't think about but, it. But but they they've trended downward, and I think a lot of it just has mm-hmm. to do with the fact that the honeymoon phase is over. Yep. And I think I've given a very compelling couple of points to yep. to tell you why they're and how so, I have identified their honeymoon phase being over. So, so when we come back, I am going to present maybe not directly an opposition to that honeymoon phase, but the potential of something better. Mm-hmm. So when we come back, we'll do that, and we'll also fix the green screen. Okay, so we are back, and now I'm going to present ones where I think AEW still has potential to be good. Now, there are a lot of points where I definitely agree with you, and it's clear in the first part that I did agree with you on a lot of it, but there are a few things that I think you kind of missed the point or they have delivered. I want to go back to the huge announcement thing. And when, here's the thing, I agree with you that the gimmick of there has to be a thing is not good, but every time that Tony Khan does this huge announcement, it's usual. It it has always hit something good. Every time. He has not done an announcement that has failed. Because the last time that he did this, he announced that he bought Ring of Honor. That's a big deal, and that was a big deal. It saved a brand that's been around forever that people were so worried about on what the future was that it's going to be there. Now, if Tony Khan believes that this announcement is big, I'm, I'm curious to know what it's going to be. Uh, there is going to be a point in time when this huge announcement is that they're going to be purchased by WWE, I feel like, but I think that's much later down the road based on what it says. And also, here's the other thing. Speaking of TV ratings where we did drop off, yes, they did drop in ratings, but that's just regular television. It does this. It's not a trajectory of going down by hundreds of thousands. I think their last Dynamite and Rampage were around 800, 900,000. WWE does a million, million and a half, but that's not too far off. And especially a company that's only been around for less than five years, that's really good. And I think that in a way there is still interest and they are, they're not, there is no direction with it, but there's so much great potential that they just need somebody who knows how to structure and present long-term. And I'll talk about this here in a minute, but right now, Tony Khan is the head of creative. He cannot be the head of creative. The owner of the company should not be the head of creative. Mr. McMahon isn't even the head of creative. Although all creative decisions run by him. They they do run by him, but at the end of the day, that's just kind of what it is. He is, he is not the head of creative. They have somebody who talks to them. It's like an executive in... It's, a, it's an executive and creative. They run by the boss on what they're looking at, and the boss in every company has the final say. But the problem is when the person who runs the creative, which is which are the veins and nervous system of a professional wrestling company, and the owner, there's no middle ground. There's no middle person. And there has to be. There has to be. I think Cody was um, the head of creative, wasn't he? I don't, I don't know. He was an executive vice president somewhere. Right. I do know that. But uh, as regards to announcements, 
Okay. They're always really good. Right. So I'm going to be very but optimistic. Again, but again, there's just an over-reliance on it. And if you have to do a huge yes. announcement the, or the, they debut every single week, it yes. tells me that the product didn't ring as the, good. The, 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 over, the over-reliance on it is not good, but every time that in a major announcement happens, it's usually major as it pertains to the wrestling community. Right. And let's talk about Dynamite and where that went and where that came from. Now, behind this, I'm going to see if I can turn this off. Um, because it's going to be indicative of what we're talking about, is that they go to a much larger brand than in TBS. Uh-huh. And even on TBS, they're ranked very highly. They're in a much better position now than they were at the beginning of Dynamite's existence. And they went to TNT, to a nationally syndicated uh, channel like TBS, in a quick amount of time, which is which is why I'm sitting there saying, there was, there, there was definitely something more. And I think the ratings are kind of there. And I'm sorry, ratings are king at the end of the day. It's not WWE high. But you also have – there's a 50-year difference with somebody who's been at the helm for a very long time with a much more established structure over generations of promoters compared to this. This is a new venture, and it's 100% solvent. They fund themselves for the most part. So the investment has gone over. And if AEW shut down tomorrow, it would still be a success because of that. The investment paid off long term. And it will. And I think they're going to be around for a long time. I think WWE will still buy them. But I think it's going to be very much down the road if they continue what I have been seeing over the last couple of weeks. Because – I watch the show every week. Mm-hmm. I see what's happening, and I read, and I follow, and I'm, I'm looking at it. And even within the structure of our show, where I get the most comments on our AEW stuff, people are now starting to see what I have been saying mm-hmm. because it's obvious. Right. But and I'll, I'll make a point at the end. I think it really sort of capsulizes why AEW – is kind of where it is. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about the diversification of its products. You have like two or three video games coming out soon. Mm-hmm. You have Dynamite on TBS. You have another hour of Rampage on TNT, which still does very good ratings for TNT overall. Mm-hmm. And then you have Dark and Dark Elevation. What I like about these is that this gives indie wrestlers an opportunity to be on a much bigger platform, even though they're not on television, a much bigger platform in general to showcase themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think AEW is still – I don't know why they're trying to compete with WWE still. It's a losing venture. You're going to lose Mm -hmm. every time going after the big fish. When you're a new tech company, you don't go after Apple. You don't. (laughs) You kind of stay within your lane. And I think with AEW – if they really want to turn this around, they have to start doing that. Right. And the over the over antithesis on the we're not WWE is it might cost them long term. Right. And I think uh, my next point is gonna kind of be there. Mine's gonna be a little bit shorter, but I think I kind of got that. Cody, mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes, a person who was so disheartened and so angry about his release from WWE and how he was treated. He really made this company work. Mm -hmm. And 
as soon as Cody left, and when we heard this, I think this is kind of where we started to see a snowball. And I think Cody was involved more in creative than even we thought. Mm -hmm. Because Cody has the generational lines of not only a legendary wrestler, but a booker yeah. with WCW and Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Then you have your brother, Dustin, who's been in the around the business and was directly under the tutelage of Dusty for a good portion of his early career. Yeah. Um, he's still there, but he's not an executive. Right. Which I, I think it'll be an interesting case study that we can do in a couple of months to kind of see what creative looked like under Cody and what it looked like without Right. Him. I think I think it's still too soon to it's see. It's too early because we're still writing the coattails of a Cody. Going back to WWE. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. He went back to WWE and a lot of people were like, oh, he's never going to do that. He already burnt that bridge with all of that. Clearly, that's wrong. Right. I, of anybody who I thought was going to WWE first, it was not Cody on my right. list at all. And other wrestlers have come out and said that they'd be open to a WWE. Yeah, M- M- MJF is literally saying that I'm going to let my contract expire and see. Mm-hmm. And he's one of their top stars mm-hmm. and he's saying that mm-hmm. i'm not surprised no. now could we have said this and could we have seen this maybe even a couple years ago no i no. think wwe is understand i think wwe is a little maybe not scared but their eyes are on aew well yeah their eyes are on the talent that is there Right. Well, their their eyes are on the talent that's everywhere, but AEW posed a poses still a threat to WWE. It's keeping them on their toes. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as much as WCW, but this is still one of the biggest financial backers mm-hmm. with uh, definitely a much better roster and definitely better TV deals to where they are actually in competition. I mean, you're on USA, Fox, and TBS. Those aren't small channels mm-hmm. overall. WWE just has the um, has the uh, luxury of being a lot older. They've mm-hmm. already established those TV deals back in the late 80s, early 90s, where AEW, I think, had to sort of work right. a little bit more to get that opportunity right. to go back to, uh, go back to a channel and to a company that rejected wrestling. Mm-hmm. At and, one point. At one point, yeah. And they saw that there was value now with it. Right. And that's why it's still on there. But Cody going back to WWE, this is a big shot. This is a big shot. Mm -hmm. Because this is a situation where you're right. We're starting to see people leaving AEW for one reason. This is, I think, a much different reason. Or another with, like, your Joey Janela's, your Marco Stunts, who, you know, were a big part of getting... The early days. The early days. And they're gone, and they have expressed their disconcern and their uh, apathy towards AEW. Mm -hmm. And then look at what happened with Adam Scher um, and Control Your Narrative. And what he said about Tony Khan and AEW Mm -hmm. uh, blacklisting their competitors for being a part of Control Your Narrative. Right. That has not been confirmed. Right. Uh, But, but again... These seeing, cool. seeing a lot of those stories come out is telling me that the honeymoon phase of AEW is mm-hmm. pretty much over. And I think Cody, who was an executive, saw some writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. 
and he's trying to capitalize on this. I don't know how long Cody is going to be wrestling at this point. You know, he has a family. He has a brand that he still works with. He has the um, American Nightmare Cigars, mm -hmm. and he still works with that Frankie Kazarian. Um, but here's the thing with AEW. I mean, I do agree that the honeymoon phase is over, right. f like for the most part, but there is still value within AEW right. that's still good. The, the question, I think the question that we should probably end with is, what is the audience, what, what type of audience is going to remain after this? Because, like I said, a lot of the more casual fans... They're starting to... They're, starting to, they're starting to wean themselves off. Right. They're, they're not watching it as often. They're, they're not... There's, there's nothing compelling. There's no compelling reason for them to want to remain. AEW has to do something different. And I Other, otherwise their audience is going it's to gonna dwindle down in a couple gonna, of years and it, we're gonna have another case study of TNA circa two thousand six, two thousand seven. That's, I mean, that's that's like the first thing that comes to my mind is like is this is this TNA I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> I well no, that's that was two thousand twelve. I was talking yeah. about when Kurt Angle debuted oh, and we yes. had Christian Cage and Kurt Angle and AJ Styles there and that's a much different situation. Right. Um, I think with, number one, with the honeymoon phase of AEW is that people were desperate for that alternative they to WWE. The alternative. They, they got they, the alternative. The alternative was great. And then the pandemic happened and people wanted to watch it because it was entertainment value. But now that that is now that we're in a new era, you gotta you gotta things. you gotta start switching up a little bit. You need to think more long term story, right? And AEW literally has everything. They have, and a, we and I'm starting to see where they're going to make faults that TNA did, mm -hmm. and we don't we can't have that, right? Because then that shiny new toy is going to break. Yeah. And that's when we're going to have a problem. Now, there are a lot of other great, great alternatives to WWE. I mean, obviously, WWE's thing you watch. AEW still has a lot of great qualities. But, and, but as far as casual viewership goes, I think... They, they got to they gotta do something different. I think, I think they're going to start seeing that go down. Right. I think, like I said, I think... Profe professional wrestling is driven by story. Mm -hmm. And... You can say whatever you want about WWE. They understand that. Mm. I think with AEW, they have to have that. Mm. And they don't have that right now. Right. And I think Cody understood. He understands that story aspect. Mm. And as soon as he left, we don't see those stories anymore. Right. And I think that's why my conclusion and my theory is that Cody was a little bit more involved in creative mm. than initially intended. Well, well, we can explore that too. Because like I said, this this switch over to WWE obviously comes with caveats related to its creative. Yep. Um, so I think we'll see a little bit more of that. And I, I but think I, I, I want to see how AEW kind of plays out over the next few months. Yeah. Too. I'm, I'm, I am so optimistic about AEW. Um, you know, there are so, like I said, a lot of great qualities and the addition of Ring of Honor and doing that. Let's see what they do with it. Let's yeah. see, let's see the construction of what they're going to do. And I'm, I'm very optimistic, but as it relates to the question of AEW having this honeymoon phase, 
It's over. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see cracks. We're starting to see it be like your everyday wrestling company mm-hmm. where there's going to be good things like with right. there's WWE. Nothing, there's nothing special. It's not, it's, it's, not, it's not special anymore. It's another wrestling company. And if you want to watch it, watch it. There's a lot of good things about it. But, but, I also, I, but I also like Impact Wrestling. I also like NWA. And if I, I, I don't want to go to either a AEW show or a WWE show. I want to go to a smaller indie. And I think the exposure of other companies is really starting to, I think it actually accelerated this honeymoon phase. Because a lot of these stars that are coming from like GCW, and then you're starting to see those mm-hmm. AEW stars go to GCW. They're going to Impact. They're going to New Japan. And I don't, I don't know what you're. I don't know what point you're trying to make with they're, that. They're they're making these they're making these collabs. The fans of AEW who want to watch like your John Moxley's go to GCW. They watch GCW. Oh, that's a great. Product. I'm not going to watch AEW anymore. Well, I don't. I don't know what that has to do with uh, the honeymoon phase being over. I'm trying to follow you. That's part of the honeymoon phase. I. They're still doing that though. Yeah. They. They dispersed people's thing. That was. It was more about ratings other than the honeymoon phase. Because I, you know why? Because I, people. I, I'm not following you. Like I'm. I legitimately can't follow you at this point. I don't know what you're trying to prove. AEW, I think, is now bloated to the point of people seeing it as WWE light. Pretty much. It's not. It's not special. Right. <laughs> it's not special. That's the point. It's. It's not. It's not special anymore. So we'll see what happens. Um, if you do agree with us, let us know in the comments down below. If you don't, we want to hear your counterpoints to what we have been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, AEW fans are very passionate, so please keep it civil, <laughs> it, as civil as they can be. Um, and you know if. If we brought up points that you didn't even think about, once again, let us know. Comment down below. We I love reading the comments, by the way. Um, become a patron where we watch the shows live. We do maybe different commentary. There's still stuff in the works um, as it relates to that. But And also subscribe, like this video, share it with all your friends. What are we doing next week? Next week, we are talking about Rev- uh, Re- Rebellion. Impact Wrestling Rebellion. I almost called it Revolution for some reason. Uh, Rebellion. So we're going to do wrestling. Impact wrestling. Impact wrestling, baby. Yep. I I hope they come back to Vegas soon because I love going to Impact shows. So, um, yes, like, subscribe, follow, share. um, Join us on our Patreon. Join us on our Discord. There is a link, that link tree, this little thing right there. Scan that. That's called a QR code. Well, it's it's a link tree QR code. Yeah, I know. That's a a QR code. It is a QR code, but it – Gets you to everywhere where we are. So all of our podcast platforms, your YouTube channel, everywhere. As always, be majestic. And also have a safe and great rest of your Easter.